0: hello friends uh another episode of mental health mondays fourth one uh thank you all again for the support it's been fantastic really appreciate everyone that's been reaching out and um in support of what i started hopefully we can keep this going well not hopefully i'm gonna regardless of the support but it's great to have support it's great to know maybe i'm helping some people or at least just doing my little tiny part of uh Spreading the word and trying to end the stigma because it shouldn't be such a big deal to talk about our mental health and we should all take care of ourselves. I think it's super important. So, um, and also the group chat. A lot of people hit me up about getting into a group chat where we all kind of bounce ideas off of each other and tell each other what works for us, what doesn't work, our triggers, all that kind of stuff. Going to get that going as soon as possible too. Just wanted to get some numbers, but I didn't forget about that for anyone who did reach out about it. Um, This week was another pretty solid week for me. Uh, I'm broke, but and I need money. But I had the chance to have the week off, which allowed me to like take some time for myself and really work on what I need to work on, as far as you know, my own personal goals, my music career, and all of that, which was great. And that's always a really difficult thing to navigate. A lot of people refer to it as like work-life balance, and it's kind of a funny way of putting it, in my opinion, as if your work isn't part of your life, like you're balancing working with living, but work takes place while life is going on. So it's it's not always easy to separate work from life, you know. It's more like balancing fake needs with real needs. Like you quote unquote need to make money to pay bills. Of course we all do, buy food, pay rent, etc. But you absolutely need to be happy. Uh so and do things that make you happy, remain happy, address the difficult thoughts you have, deal with your relationships and that means all relationships obviously be it your relationship with your significant other, your friendships, but most importantly, your relationship with yourself. Um, Personally, I thrive when I get a solid amount of alone time. I've noticed that. And I know plenty of people that hate being alone, but I really think it's more that all people hate being lonely, not alone. Alone and lonely are not the same thing. I think that gets confused. We, We confuse that a lot of times. Like you can be alone and not feel lonely at all, or you could be in a crowd of people and feel incredibly lonely. It's kind of a weird thing. I think it all stems on the true relationship we have within ourselves, and how we really view ourselves and our decisions and our lives when nobody's around. Um, solitude, to me, makes it easy to reflect on it all, both good and bad. And that definitely means it allows time for negative thoughts to creep in. But I think having alone time and being comfortable being alone is essential to having solid mental health. Whether you're single or married or in a relationship, at the end of the day, there are always going to be times where you're forced to be alone whether you like it or not. And I think that we all need to utilize that time to look within and take a personal inventory of everything we have going on. Again, uh, I totally understand why maybe if you're not in a good way or in a good place that it can be kind of intimidating to tackle alone time, but it's so important. And it's totally acceptable and understandable to need company or seek company when you you have to. That's fine. Totally not against that. We all have times where we kind of need to lean on someone. That's fine. But If we aren't okay alone, then we'll never be okay with others. And if we don't have a good relationship with ourselves, then all other relationships we have will suffer. And um, if we aren't comfortable with our own successes and failures, then we'll never be able to be comfortable succeeding or failing with other people involved. No matter how full or empty your life may seem uh, at this moment, no matter what, we all go whichever place comes after this life alone. Meaning, you know, I don't want to get too deep or like spiritual or you know talk about religion and stuff like that but whether or not you believe in life after death you are going to inevitably head there alone and uh, you will always have your own thoughts and drives and passions and opinions about all the stimulus around you and I think being alone is super important in unpacking all this and trying to make as much sense of it as we can and ultimately being at peace with our inner monologues I think that's the most important part uh, in a lighter sense, it could be fun to be alone. <laughs> you don't have to worry if someone else is like likes the show you're watching, or if your homie finds the conversation you're having stimulating, or if your girlfriend or boyfriend does does or does not want pizza or Chinese food or something like that. It's the only time where we can be truly selfish. Um, and I know selfish is a bad word. Uh, I'm really only using it in this context for lack of a better term. When I say selfish, I mean like we can turn all of our effort inward and focus on what we want individually without having to worry if it's hurting someone else or worrying that someone else isn't happy with the current state of whatever's going on. Uh, you know, and again, this all relates back to just being at peace. Um, I think everyone who goes through mental health struggles ultimately just wants to be at peace, wants to be able to breathe, and remain calm, and just be happy. At least I know that's what I'm after. And I believe the first step at always being at peace is being able to be at peace with ourselves, and sometimes the easiest path to that is solitude, actually being alone. Now, in a deeper sense, we all have our own view of the universe, right? Like, really, we all kind of live in our own little universes within our heads, and everything that goes that comes our way, rather, goes through our own personal filter. Oh, I like that. I don't like that. I love that. That tastes good, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, you know. Uh, we're all constantly, at least I view this my life this way, like I'm constantly having a conversation with myself in my head, And whether we're alone or not, that's continuing. And I think it's vitally important to take whatever little control we do have of that conversation in our heads and put real effort into making sure it's positive more times than it is negative. Um, Because if we do kind of live in our own little universe and we do have some sort of control over it, though very minute, we do have some sort of control, wouldn't we all want it to be a happy universe, a happy one? One filled with joy, to remain curious and question everything, to accept what we can not change, to change what we can, to take pleasure in the simple things, to embrace learning something new, or to nurture ourselves and nurture the things that make us most happy and drive us. I think the only way to begin down a road where it's possible to experience our conscious consciousness in that way would be to be comfortable being alone with our thoughts. Uh, I know that was a lot, but something else I took note of this week when I had more free time than usual uh, to invest in myself, is how much better I feel when I'm productive. Holy shit, night and day, what a difference. And I don't mean that in the sense of, like, keeping busy to ignore my negative thoughts or anything like that. I think that's maybe could be a negative coping mechanism that we have sometimes where it's like, all right, I just want to remain busy, and you're kind of pushing off what you do need to actually deal with within. I mean more in the genuine sense of accomplishment and, like, the boost and confidence I get when I get something done. Uh, Especially when that something means... uh, means something to me, especially when I'm getting something done that means something to me. Like, for example, being an artist, uh, I know for a fact that when I've gone a day or two or more even without making music or utilizing my creativity that I get insanely, intensely anxious. Um, Like, as if I'm not doing enough or I'm not doing right by my own goals and my own happiness, which obviously does bring on anxiety. It does bring on thoughts of, like... Just inadequacy, almost um, like I'm, I'm inadequate in my own passion, which is not a good feeling. Like with the EP coming out soon, um, I've had like a million things to do that I've been neglecting, not by choice necessarily, necessar- necessarily, not by choice necessarily, but like because of those fake needs I was referring to earlier, right? Like those working and, and making money enough food or to get enough to get food and to pay rent and shit. Those quote unquote fake needs, like. Not the things that we actually need. Uh, Well, we need food to survive. You get what I'm saying. Um, But the things that kind of the world at large force us to need. Um, The music has literally been done for months. Legitimately, completely done, fully finished, written, recorded, mixed, mastered for months. But moving and working and blah, 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 all that shit I was talking about has gotten in the way of doing things that I need to do that I maybe don't enjoy as much as like the actual creative process, but... This week I had the time to, like, sit down, book the photo shoot for the cover, book a shoot for a live session I want to release before the EP comes out, and uh, a bunch of other, like, little ticky-tack things that I had just been ignoring but that do need to get done for the release to go successfully. And as soon as I was done doing that, which took so much less time than I expected... I immediately had this sense of like accomplishment, the sense that everything was going to be okay and that I was taking the proper steps that I needed to for the release and I wasn't neglecting the things that needed to get done, and that's a good feeling. And as an artist, I constantly have that this battle in my head, and it goes from, like, I'm made for this, I was created to create, you know, uh, I'm going to impact the world with my gifts, and I love music, and making music is all I ever think about, it goes from that to feelings of immense like uncertainty, like no one's going to like this. This is a waste of time. I suck. I'm not good anyway. I should have stayed in school and got a normal job. <laughs> I'm getting old. Um, those things kind of come crashing down on me when I'm not actually using my skills and my talents and, and, and the passion deep within me. You know. But this week, for some reason, it really clicked in that as long as I actually put the time in, none of those feelings come up at all. Like, I started a new song last night, kind of, like, already working on the second EP before the first one comes out, kind of, I guess, because why not? Because I'm making music anyway, so why wouldn't I just start kind of working on the next one? And after listening back to what I had made, I had the feeling of, like, yeah, thousand percent, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, and more importantly, what I want to be doing. Um, And then I'm exactly where I need to be right now in this studio listening to this song. This is exactly where I'm supposed to be at this moment. And uh, oh shit! Put my notes away. That's uh, the last part. That that that's something that uh, I always try to preach to myself in those moments of solitude. I was talking about when I'm maybe confronting some of the more difficult areas of my consciousness to navigate. Uh, whether you're listening or watching this, you are exactly where you're supposed to be at this moment in time. Everything's gonna be okay. Everything you can't control will work itself out. Take the initiative to control what you can, and all the other things will fall into place where they're supposed to. I promise you. I guarantee it. You're going to love the way you look. I guarantee it. Seriously, I promise. I guarantee it. Everything else will fall into place. The things you can't control will go right where they're supposed to, whether that's someplace you want or not. Um, And that's another thing that we have to all accept is that it's not always going to turn out how we want it. It's going to turn out how it's going to turn out. So do the things that you can control in the way you want to, and it'll be easier to accept the things you can't. Um, it's always interesting for me to like think about all the millions and millions of decisions I've made from the time I was born, little babe, to this exact second in time and how they all lead to this moment. And it's super easy to lose sight of that when we're going through our day-to-day lives, just chugging along, trying to make, make enough money to eat and pay rent and hopefully have some on the side to actually go and experience things <laughs> But again, those moments when you're alone are like the perfect chance to acknowledge, hey, you've, you've, you've come a long way, and you've got a long way to go, and you've been through an infinite number of ups and downs, and you're going to be through an, go through an infinite number more of them. <laughs> that made no sense, but you get what I'm saying? But they've all led you to still breathing right here in this moment. That feels pretty good. Listen. Make the changes that need changing. And always be honest with yourself. If you don't like something about yourself, that's completely okay. But take the initiative to change it. And if there's something you don't like about yourself that can't be changed, I promise you, your life will be a whole lot easier when you accept that you can't change it. And that's, it's okay that you can't change it. It is completely okay that you can't change something you don't like about yourself that's not changeable. And I'm, That could be a superficial thing. Uh, you know, like you don't like me to be totally blunt I don't really give a fuck but I fucking huge ears <laughs> huge ears and that's always been something that I was like self-conscious about when I was little like for going off on a little tangent side story in like middle school I, I like started growing my hair out because it was in style Ugh. but also because I was self-conscious about my ears and it kind of hid them <laughs> at least if I felt I'm sure you could still tell how you, huge ears um, but like that was my way of like hiding it was, was, uh, at least to myself, I felt it looked better that way, but we had a tournament for lacrosse, uh, and as a team, I don't know why wacky haircuts is always like such a team thing to do, but we had a friend of like a team, one of our teammates, drunk dad, give us all Mohawks. And so obviously Mohawk shaved side of the head. My ears were out and about, let me tell you. Biggest they've ever looked at the most confusing self-conscious time of life. Middle school, going through puberty and shit. And it was fine. Like, I didn't give a fuck during the tournament. But then Sunday night came around, school night. And... Oh, no, sorry. It was actually Monday morning, day of school. And I'm in my bathroom with scotch tape. (laughs) Uh, This is so funny. It, I'm in the bathroom with scotch tape. Make, remember, like when you do arts and crafts in school, they taught you how to like take a piece of scotch tape and flip it around itself so that it's stick like like a circular sticky piece of tape. I like, <laughs> I made a bunch of those and put them behind my ears. To try <laughs> Sorry, to try to stick my ear to my head because I was so self-conscious about it. Uh, And I was like, (laughs) oh my gosh, I was laughing. This is fucking hilarious to me now. I was like crying to my mom about how I wanted to cut my ears off and I didn't want to go to school. Long story short, didn't wear the tape to school. My mom made me go. Everything was fine. I said that, I think, um, to reference things about ourselves that we can't change. Eventually, I had to just accept, my ears are big, man. It's okay. And especially when... I made sit deci- another thing I had to accept that I was losing my hair because that's something I think 90 percent of men will go through at some point in their life. Maybe not all of them when they're 22 years old and just moved to Los Angeles, California and are like, you know, fucking going out and having fun and shit and hyper conscious of their appearance. But uh, that was another time that I had to accept, like, all right, what am I doing? This looks worse. I'm trying to hold on to it. Just shave your fucking head. Jason Statham looks cool. He's got a shaved head. The Rock is pretty cool. He's got a shaved head. Um, Just shave your head. So that was another thing, excuse me, that um, <clears throat> I had to accept about myself. I'm not going to change it. I'm not a millionaire. I can't pay for fucking hair restoration surgery, whatever it is. Not a big deal. Shave your head. But in that moment, oh, wow, now I definitely, not only am I bald, but I can't hide these big ears anymore. Guess what? Disclaimer or newsflash, or whatever, has not affected my life at all. It's not that big of a fucking deal. It's not that serious. Again, I say these things to say there's a point in life where you have to accept the things that you can't change about yourself, and most of them seem to be superficial things, like you don't like your nose, or, and obviously there are way, like, you know, plastic surgery and stuff. I'm personally not a huge fan of that. I think, like, god or whoever you believe in the universe you were created the way you're supposed to be so fucking embrace it it's not a big deal Um, obviously there's differences like health reasons and stuff like that but um or like maybe you can't like i don't know you can't change the fact that you trying to come up with a good example of another thing i'm just stuck on ears my brain is just flashing my big ears in my head um i don't know there's just there's plenty of things that we can't change about ourselves that we might not like, or if we had our choice uh that they wouldn't be that way, but I'm telling you that it's much better your your life, your mental health will get much better if you accept those things you can't change and focus more on the things you actually can change, like your relationship with yourself, your relationship with others, nurturing those things um, maybe maybe something you can change is uh you hate your fucking job, right, obviously. Again, I said this last week, and I was just referring to those, like, fake, I I just coined this term in my head earlier, but, like, fake needs, like uh, paying rent, um, water bill. Those are obviously needs, like, you need shelter and things like that. I don't mean it in that sense, but I mean in terms of, like, keeping up with the Joneses or, like, keeping up with society. Those things that, like, keeping up with those is one thing, but... Keeping up with your inner real needs is more important and changing... Oh, fuck. Now I remember. <laughs> my bad. My bad. My bad. I'm all, I'm all over the place now. I've now gone off script because I was reading off the thing too much. I do not like it. But, um, yeah. Uh, changing things about yourself. Changing things that you can change. There you go. Obviously, have the paper water, power, shelter, food. Need those things but you hate your fucking job and it's driving you crazy and it's making your mental health suffer. That's something you can change. If you want to put the time and effort in and take the initiative, you can change that. You can uh, go down a different path and try to make what you love your work. You know that old phrase, like, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. It's true, 100%. That's what I'm trying to do right now. I'm not making any money yet, so I'm doing other things to make money in the meantime. But I'm just using that as an example of something that, I think a lot of times we feel we can't change or we feel stuck, and there's no worse feeling when you're going through mental health shit than, than feeling stuck, like there's no way out. There is a way out. Uh, it might take hard work. It might take uh, roughing it or living more humbly for a period of time, but it is something that you can change. Or changing relationship. Maybe you have someone in your life that you've had in your life for a long time And the relationship is not serving you anymore—not just significant other, but like a friend or even a family member. There's ways to change that. You can, one route is just cutting them out of your life completely. That might not be the most appropriate, or maybe it is. Maybe you know, I don't know the situation, or this is a fantasy situation, but that is one option. Or really putting the time and effort into that relationship uh, to fix it and to make it better. These are things you can change. They're not big ears. Or that you're going bald. There are things that are are within your control. Now, with the relationship aspect, obviously you can't control another person, but what you can control is the effort you put into that other person and that relationship. And um, hope that all you can do is hope because you can't control it. Hope that the things you put, the effort you put in. And the love you put into something like that does change it for the better. And if it doesn't, then you can resort to the whole cutting that person out of your life completely. Um, again, just saying that there's a difference between things we can change about our predicament and things we can. <sighs> Where am I? What is going on? Okay. <clears throat> yeah, so that, that was. Uh, these, are, these were my thoughts not having to work for a week. I just think it's so important... Like, being alone is good sometimes, man. It's it's not a negative thing. Being lonely sucks. But when you have a good relationship with yourself, you're never lonely. Like, right now, my girlfriend's taking a nap. I could be lonely because she's not giving me attention. No, that is not how I feel at all. No offense. Love you. I can't wait to cook dinner with you and eat. That's going to be great. But... I'm taking this opportunity to be alone and do what I need to do and do what I want to do and nurture myself. And that is of the utmost importance. I know for a fact in past relationships, in my current relationship, that if I don't have a good relationship with myself, I can't put my all into a relationship with another person. And that's a two-way street because the other person has to have a good relationship with themselves too. And I think a lot of times that's why relationships fail because maybe uh, one person does have a good relationship with themselves and is comfortable with themselves and the other person isn't. Or maybe they're on a different arc where someone is working on themselves and the other person isn't, and it, it drifts away. I say all this to say that, seriously, it's so important to be okay alone. Um, and also, you're not going to be alone forever. You're not going to be lonely forever. You are, I don't know, I feel like I'm trying to, like, redefine the word Alone. You will be alone forever. There will always be times where you're alone, but you're not going to be lonely forever. It's just, even if you're feeling lonely right now, I promise you, I've been there. It sucks. But the first step to not feeling lonely is being okay alone. Um, I really think that. I really, really, really think that. You ever been in a room full of people that you just, and I I don't, this is a mental health podcast, so like trying to be funny it doesn't always work, but, like, you fucking hate these people around you, and you're like, God, I hate everything about all of you. Living in L.A., that happens quite often. Uh, it's just like, God, our ideals don't line up at all. I hate all of you. That's a pretty lonely feeling. So that's a perfect example of being in a room of people. You're not alone, but you're lonely. Versus being at home or being like, going on a hike alone and not feeling lonely at all because you're good with yourself. You're kind of talking to yourself. You're kind of working on yourself in ways that you didn't even realize are happening. Like, or even er- earlier today, went on a hike with Jay. It was beautiful, fantastic. Paradise Falls up uh, up north a little bit, like near Northridge and outside of L.A. It was fucking gorgeous. And obviously, we were together. But there were times where we were slightly apart or we weren't speaking. And in that moment, you're alone. You're with yourself. You're with your thoughts. And it was beautiful. I obviously loved being there with her. But it was beautiful to have those little seconds of, like, you're not even really controlling your stream of consciousness, but thoughts will come to you naturally, and you kind of get to unpack them in those moments. Like, that stuff, that's beautiful. I don't think that we should shy away from that at all. And I just think that, like, I don't know, doing things alone when you can, not, not like shutting other people out of your life by any means, but doing things alone when you can I think is super, super, super helpful. At least it has been to me. And I think it will be to you. I think sometimes maybe you've got to force yourself to be in uncomfortable situations if you're not comfortable alone. You have to force yourself to be uncomfortable to grow. Um, just and I, Again, it doesn't mean just sitting in a fucking empty room in your house and staring at the wall, being alone. You could be doing something, washing dishes, driving around, doing chores, doing errands, whatever, but you're alone and at peace with yourself. That's so important on the road to, like, recovering and having stronger mental health and having a stronger relationship with yourself. Um, Well, that was a jumbled mess, but who cares? (laughs) Uh, Most of you only fucking watch the 20, the two-minute TikTok version of this or whatever anyway. But, um, yeah, anyways. So uh, another update, I guess, would be, so I, I was on... For years, I know I've spoke about this the last couple podcasts. Um, it's something I will continue to give updates on because it's kind of the reason I started it was to up like document the process of weaning off of SSRIs. So I'd been on them for years. I think 2013. I want to say it was right after I graduated high school in 2012 that I started um, having symptoms of depersonalization and, like, fell really deep into it. So one of the things, you know, any research I've done, one of the things that they default to, because there's not a lot of, uh, like, information on depersonalization currently, is they prescribe SSRIs, so basically antidepressants. I take sertraline, which is generic for Zoloft. Um, And I don't fully understand. To be honest, this is another thing that kind of made me, like... I kind of want to get off this. I don't fucking know (laughs) what it does or what it's really doing in my brain. I mean, I've looked it up, and I've watched videos and stuff. Like, I I have a decent grasp, but I'm not a fucking neuroscientist, so do I really understand? No. So that kind of scared me a little, and I'm not giving medical advice by any means, by the way. I don't want this to get taken off YouTube or whatever, but... Uh, that was definitely one thing that made me think, oh, I kind of want to see if I can do this without it now. But anyways, I've been on them for now, like a, it's 2022 now, so like a decade. It's a long time. I didn't really realize how long of a time that is to be on antidepressants or SSRIs. That's a long time. That's like changing your brain chemistry and stuff, which is, to me, it's a little too much. I, I want to go at it uh, a different way. And But with that said, over that course of time, I went from whatever, the you know, the beginning dose of, like, okay, is your body going to react okay to this? And are you still having the symptoms, for, uh, you know, the mental health symptoms you are having before, whether it be anxiety, depression, for me, depersonalization and anxiety and depression. Excuse me. And um, so I went from, like, the, the starting dose to, <sighs> I want to say that was probably 50 milligrams to 100 milligrams, um, and, because I was still feeling that way. And then I was on that for months or maybe a year or whatever. And then when I went to the doctor again, uh, I was like, yeah, I mean, it hasn't really affected. It hasn't really stopped the bad shit that was happening. Um, So they bumped it up to 150, which is a pretty high dose. I'm also a pretty big dude. So that's probably partially why also. But so being on 150 milligrams of something like that for so long, you can't just stop taking the cold turkey. I've done it on accident before when I can't, I don't have access to my medicine, which, and it's not a fun process. Um, I think I've said this before, but not, not so much in the terms of like how my mood changes, but just the actual feeling that your body is like trying to cling on to something that's not there. These electrical impulses that go throughout your body, they suck. And so now that I'm, Transitioning off of this medication, went from 150 to 100 milligrams, and I just did that for a month. And now, just yesterday was my first day doing 50 milligrams, and then I'll have that for a month, and then probably another month of 25 milligrams, and then completely off of them. So that's exciting, and like I said before, I definitely felt my mood start to change um, about a week into lowering my dose the last time. So. I, trying to keep an eye on if I feel the same way this time. It's kind of hard to say so far because it's only been one day. And also, I did miss a day of taking it. So I kind of had started having those withdrawal symptoms during the day yesterday. Then I took my dose last night. Felt a little better today. So, you know, I'm anxious to... Well, I guess that's not the right term to use (laughs) in this context. But I uh, I look forward to seeing how... It feels this time dosing down because last time it was a little much at first. It was a little intense. And then by the time the month was up, I, it was fine. I felt completely normal in terms of normal, quote, unquote, normal. In term, I felt normal in terms of like it felt like how it felt when I was on 150 milligrams. Like it wasn't intense one way or the other. It was kind of okay. Um, so that's, that's where I'm at with that. Uh, no, so today is the second day. So basically a month from today. Four more episodes from today, I will be down to 25. And then four more episodes from that, I'll be completely off of it, which I'm looking forward to because I do feel, um, though I'm not a therapist or a psychiatrist or a psychologist, um, (laughs) I did go to school for psychology for a year and then dropped out of college, so I'm basically qualified. Uh, No, but I do feel like having been on it so long, having been honest with myself in the times when it was good or not good, I do have some pretty healthy ways of dealing with my anxiety and depression now and depersonalization. Um, With the depersonalization stuff, uh, I feel like I can't... uh, It comes on in waves. It's kind of constant, though. Like, it's kind of all the time I feel a bit out of my body and out of, like, like, detached from everything. But to me... I feel like with the coping mechanisms i've found um and just being able to like calm myself down a bit, I feel like getting off of the medication will actually help me not have those feelings of like what's going on I'm not in my body because I'll feel more like clean and natural' this, i don't know if that makes sense it's kind of hard to describe like I can't literally feel the medicine and what it's doing in my body, but I can only imagine that once i'm off of it that I now with, you know, equipped with the coping mechanisms that I found work for me, that I'll be able to, like, kind of curb the symptoms as they come. Uh, So that's my hope. And I'm also... Part of the reason that I'm... trying to get off of them completely is because I really am fascinated with this idea of microdosing, specifically psilocybin mushrooms. Um, And I... I don't. How, how long am I at here, guys? One of you could yell it out to me. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, perfect. Um, that's. I, I'm, that's not something I'm going to get into today. But in the future, I'll kind of maybe share whatever research I've done on it and why I'm so interested in it. Um, because I always kind of thought that my early experiences with psychedelics, while my brain was still forming and growing was part of the reason or part of the thing that led me to being anxious and being depressed and feeling depersonalized but having had a recent experience on mushrooms which i'm not suggesting anyone do or don't do just for me it like really like felt like i did it the right way (laughs) in a way like i i mean i'm still kind of abusing it um but in high school, when you're when you're fucking 16, 17 years old, that's really abusing it. It's just like, hey, I want to get high and feel weird and see things move and shit. That's not why I did it this time, and the results felt different. And that mixed with, you know, studies at Johns Hopkins and and uh, Harvard. I, I just, honestly, I totally lied to you. I don't know if Harvard's studying it, but Johns Hopkins, I know for a fact, is I just wanted to throw another really good school out there. To make it seem like it's legit. (laughs) That's funny. Anyways, with places like Johns Hopkins studying it, right around, like me becoming aware of that right around the time that I had just had such an amazing experience uh, taking psilocybin, when I was so deathly terrified of it because I thought it would only harm my psyche at this point because I had felt that maybe it led to some of the things I felt or that I feel day to day now doing it so young all those things have led me to be fascinated with the possibilities that it has and also talking to friends of mine that have that are using microdosing uh in their day to day lives uh to help them with anxiety and depression and grief and PTSD and all these things i just think that it's a more natural route that i'd like to try um and uh it's something that i'm really interested in it's something that it kind of like makes me happy that that e- that it even exists if that makes sense like it just it comes from nature like it literally comes from the ground the earth mother earth it's like why would it be there if there wasn't some potential use for it uh so it's you know again i'm not a fucking expert on it um but it's something that really 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 interests interest me um And I'm not suggesting anyone do or don't do it. Do your own research, because I don't know what I'm really talking about at the end of the day. But if you're listening to me, you must have some interest in what I'm thinking. So that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that's what I want to try when my body's fully rid of the SSRIs and whatever they're doing in my brain. Uh, Again, I'm also... I'm not anti-antidepressants. I'm not against them. I think that they really work wonders for some people, and they did for me for a long time. It's just... The uh best like metaphor I could make is, if you break your arm, you wear a cast for a certain amount of time until it's healed. Well, why am I still taking antidepressants then? If I feel pretty good with myself i'm still I still deal with depression and anxiety every day, and obviously that's a battle I'll be fighting forever, other than like so it's different from my broken arm, obviously, but that's the best parallel I can draw in, in the sense that like. Why am I treating something in this way when there are maybe better ways to treat it that I don't have that don't require me taking medication every single day? And now that I feel comfortable enough to be off of the medication, and it's something I can always go back to if I really felt I needed to, but uh, that's just where my head's at with, with that kind of stuff. I just wanted to update you because that was part of the reason I started this podcast was to kind of document and journal almost like how I'm feeling as I get off of them. And also the another part of ending the stigma, like I feel like people are like ashamed to say that they're on antidepressants or it's become a joke, which is fine. I think stuff stuff is funny, stuff that's even even serious stuff is funny. But like it's not weird to be on antidepressants. To draw it back to the cast comparison. Again, you wouldn't make fun of someone who broke their arm for getting a cast. So why would anyone be judged for taking antidepressants if their brain is not working correctly or any sort of uh, medications designed to treat mental health symptoms. It's not weird. It's, it's not bad to take them. I'm just working my way off them because I think maybe there's a better way for me. So thank you again for listening. We're at 36-ish minutes, maybe a little less. Uh, and uh, I think that's plenty for this week. Uh, again, I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for supporting. Um, I will get the group chat up this week for sure. I want to keep adding to it as we go along. And... Um, I'm excited for where this could go, and especially with my new music coming out soon, it's very themed around mental health. Without me even trying, it wasn't like I was like, all right, I'm going to start a mental health podcast, and I'm going to make music only about mental health. I think it's just kind of what comes to me naturally, creatively, um, because it's what's on my mind, quite literally. Um, I just think it's important. Um, it's not like I'm like, anxiety is sad, and I don't want to be depressed no more. It's not like that. I mean, like, speaking about me dealing with those things in song, uh, a, lot, a lot of the music I make is, uh, deals with that. So I just think it's a good combination of maybe uh, impacting the world with my gifts, like I said earlier. Um, but every day is a gift, so impact the world with your gift of today. <laughs> that was pretty good, for real do it. Uh, again, thank you so much for the support. Thank you for listening. Humania EP coming, hopefully, the end of August, if not very early in September. And uh, I got this. You got this. And If not, we got this. Peace out.